the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to have you with us. As you probably know, on Fridays, we take a look at the hard news in the first couple of segments of the program and the lighter side of the news. I'm still here in Klamath Falls. We're going to try to make it possible for James and I to uh, converse. If not, I'll just walk you through that. (laughs) And then in the second hour of the program today, we're going to hear uh, this week's Christian Outlook. So stick around for what I think will be a rather smashing program. First, looking at some of the uh, some of the day's news. As we mentioned yesterday, Women's National Basketball Association star Brittany Griner is on her way home. She's probably here by now from her stint in a Russian prison. Now, I have to say before saying anything else, I'm so thrilled that she's back home. I wish everyone being held in Russia were home. But nonetheless, I have no gripes with uh, this young woman who is a professional athlete uh, on her way and now home. She was arrested in a a country last February, in the country, for drug possession and only recently began serving a 10-year prison sentence in the Russian jail. She was caught with empty vapes and hashish oil in her luggage. Uh, Russia has zero tolerance for this kind of drug use. Uh, she was aware of the laws but bought the um, the items anyway, and it may have been inadvertent. It's not altogether clear. Russian dictator Vladimir Putin probably made sure that Griner received the maximum sentence for her crimes, knowing that he could use it for leverage later on, which, of course, he now has. Well, back in August, rumors began to fly that the president and his team were attempting to make pr- a prisoner exchange for the star athlete. Unfortunately, Russia was demanding a very uneven swap. Moscow went, uh, wanted Victor Bout, colloquially known as the Merchant of Death. Uh, the actions of this man have directly led to the rape and torture of innocents, the empowerment of America's enemies, such as the Taliban, and the arming of dangerous despots. Americans made their, uh, their thoughts known that this exchange was a very bad one and made, uh, made us look weak. Talk seemed to die down, and Griner cooled her heels in a Russian cell. Well, part of this uh, was due to the political isolation of Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. No other public moves were made until news of her release hit headlines yesterday. It was a one-for-one exchange, Griner for bout. The U.S. is supporting the Ukrainian victims of Putin's war of aggression, and yet... We're willing to return to him a man who will uh, go right back to inflicting horrible pain and chaos in Putin's name. It seems very contrary to U.S. interests. And, of course, being um, gay and black uh, checks the right identity boxes for the administration as well. Paul Whelan, the white male American former Marine still sitting in a Russian prison cell since 2018, was unavailable for comment but is waiting. As uh, much as we want every American to be returned home, uh, every prisoner who's detained abroad, um, those who are detained unjustly uh, to be released, um, this, this isn't the best arrangement one can imagine. It sends a message to enemy countries and foreign regimes that they can arrest and detain our athletes at will and the U.S. will free their dangerous criminals in exchange. Well, is it uh, surprising 
that that's the case under this situation and this administration. Um, anyway, I, again, I'm, I'm glad that she is home. Uh, there's a lingering question that remains. What other concessions were made in this process? One can only hope that some backroom deals around this exchange benefited the United States because the trade itself most certainly did not. Now, we are hearing a lot about the individual who was released in exchange for Brittany Griner. He is referred to as the merchant of death. Well, after months of negotiation, he is now released as of yesterday. Uh, he was convicted of uh, a convicted arms trafficker. Uh, Bout has been uh, serving a 25-year prison sentence in the U.S. In April of 2012, he was found guilty of conspiring to kill Americans and U.S. officials, acquiring and exporting anti-aircraft missiles and aiding a terrorist organization. For his illegal weapons exploits, the notorious criminal, he earned the moniker Merchant of Death, inspiring the Hollywood film The Lord of War, starring Nick Cage. Well, Bout was arrested and extradited from Thailand in 2008 in a sting operation. It was conducted by the U.S. Drug, US Drug Enforcement Agency. DEA agents secured a meeting with Bout by posing as members of the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, a U.S.-designated terrorist group interested in buying tens of millions of dollars of arms. Well, during the trial, Bout maintained his innocence, saying that he never intended to kill anyone and never intended to sell arms to anyone. But prosecutors argue that Bout was aware the uh, weapons he sold would be used against Americans, and beyond uh, sourcing the arms throughout his criminal career, Bout physically transferred them to buyers uh, as well, using the uh, fleet of Soviet-constructed planes. So he was directly and personally involved. There's a lot of armed traffickers out there, said um, a new retired DEA agent who helped uh, apprehend Bout in Thailand. Uh, the difference with Mr. Bout was he owned his own fleet of private aircraft. People can argue, was he the biggest arms trafficker? I took I, a look at him as one of the biggest arms transporters. So this was a really big deal. From the fall of the USSR until his arrest in 2008, he violated numerous arms embargoes, including in Liberia, Afghanistan, Sierra Leone, Congo, Libya, uh, Jonathan Weiner, a, a senior official for the uh, State Department during the Clinton administration, who was steeped in knowledge about the arms ventures by Bout, told Yahoo News that Bout was once the second most wanted man in the world, just behind Osama bin Laden, the second most wanted man in the world. Bout got his start in the arms trade by selling weapons to participants on both sides of the Angolan Civil War in the 90s, undermining U.F. efforts to uh, bring the conflict to a peaceful resolution. Um, Whitney Schneidman, who became uh, among Bout's uh, involvement in the Angola conflict while serving as Deputy Assistant Secretary uh, for African Affairs, called him the, person of, the personification of evil. He was directly undermining our efforts to bring peace. Well, in 2010, John Brennan, uh, Obama's Deputy National Security Advisor for Homeland Security and Counterterrorism, said in an interview that capturing and trying about was crucial to thwarting the flow of illegal arms sales to dangerous terrorist entities. Uh, Victor Bout is somebody who for two decades was responsible for arms trafficking and supporting terrorist organizations on multiple continents, South America, Africa, Asia, Brennan said. Prosecuting him, Brennan went on to say, was very important, so we're able to stop these illegal arms traffickers for, from carrying out their activities which are undergirding the ability of terrorist organizations and other groups to carry out attacks nationwide. This is the guy that was exchanged for Griner. 
Also, Eric Holder, attorney general under the Obama administration, said in 2011, after Bout's conviction was announced, that it was a major success of the justice system and government agencies. One of the world's most prolific arms dealers is being held accountable for his sordid past. Now, keep in mind that President Biden was vice president at that time. This was his attorney general. He was fully aware of the crimes and the history and the impact that this arms trafficker, number two on the list of wanted uh, rogues behind Osama bin Laden, now released in exchange for Griner. Holder said at the time that Victor uh, Bout's arms trafficking activity and support of armed conflicts have been a source of concern around the globe for decades. Today, we face, uh, today he faces the prospect of life in prison for the efforts to sell millions of dollars worth of weapons to terrorists for use in killing Americans. So while I'm grateful that an American is free from a Russian prison, I'm not sure this was... Uh, right way to go about it. It was certainly an uneven swap. I'm not familiar with the details. We don't know what other agreements were made, but on its face, this doesn't seem like a, a good move for the U.S., but there you have it. <clears throat> Griner is home where she belongs, and hopefully the uh, U.S. Marine, who has been there for four years as opposed to several months, will also be released at some point in my lifetime. Well, Iran has abolished the morality police and may loosen hijab requirements, according to an official earlier this, uh, this week. After a series of fiery protests, Iran is reportedly abolishing its morality uh, police and may loosen requirements on the hijab, the country's attorney general confirmed on Saturday. Mohammad Jafar Mataziri said at a press conference that the morality police have nothing to do with the judiciary and have been abolished. Okay. Of course, the judiciary continues to monitor behavioral actions, he added. The Iranian authorities will consider whether to adjust the headscarf rules, the attorney general said in the statement. Born after the 1979 Islamic Revolution, the religious force charged with patrolling for and arresting women who violate the Islamic dress code by not wearing a head covering or loose-fitting clothing has existed outside of the judicial system operated by law enforcement. Well, the mass unrest that swept the country in recent months was triggered by the arrest of 22-year-old Gina Masha, or Masha um, Amani in Tehran for not wearing the mandated hijab headscarf. After she was escorted to a police station, the woman went into a coma and later died in a hospital. And while the official state account contends that she suffered a fatal heart attack, eyewitnesses claim that several security officers assaulted her in the police van following her detention. Now, Amini's um, death fueled a wave of anti-regime rallies, pressuring the theocracy to relax its restrictions. Mostly women and young adults, including uh, many university students, have participated, urging an overhaul of the fundamentalist religious dictates. Well, in... Um, a show of resistance, protesters marched in the streets yelling slogans like women, life, freedom, burned their hijabs, and cut their hair, according to the New York Times. Some protesters have called for an end to the Islamic Republic, and in late November, an Iranian general acknowledged that more than 300 people have been killed in the ongoing demonstrations. Well, the authoritarian regime in Tehran retaliated to the challenge um, uh, to its rule with a crackdown, jailing many protesters on national security and public order charges and threatening some with execution. Well, in November, the court in Iran issued the first death sentence to a rioter who set a government facility on fire. The person was pronounced guilty of enmity against God, according 
to the BBC. But some changes have um, apparently been made or will be made or are being considered in, uh, in response to the um, protests in Tehran. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to come back with a bit more of the uh, hard news and uh, return in the second half of this first hour with the lighter side of the news. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, still broadcasting from Klamath Falls. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up later in the program, the Christian Outlook in our second hour. And James Bland, I think, will join me. I'm still broadcasting from Klamath Falls, and we're not quite sure the technology will work, but we're going to try. James Bland may join me for the lighter side of the news in the second half of this first hour. Yesterday, I started sharing about the metaverse and the shift toward a cashless society that many are seeking as the solution to all our problems. And I quoted uh, from 2016 uh, Dutch futurist and World Economic Forum young global leader Ida Aachen, who wrote of her uh, vision for life in 2030, which isn't that far away, by the way. Uh, I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. Well, while uh, her premise was that technology had made everything free to use, of course, someone has to develop the technology, maintain the technology, purchase the uh, technology, so free may not be quite an accurate perception, but nonetheless, that's what she uh, assumed, that technology has made everything free to use. It also alluded to a place where all the people who do not live in our city Uh, with all this technology, live different kinds of lives outside of the city, but they would be better as well. Well, historically, cash is king. We used to say when uh, uh, creating a society that's beginning to turn its nose up at those uh, paper bills, those uh, those coins that once filled our wallets. As one example, and uh, thanks in part to the pandemic, many of us now go to events or at venues where cash is banned. The local uh, minor league uh, ballparks did away with cash purchases in 21. Since then, fans reload a team-provided gift card uh, during each homestand to purchase uh, overpriced concessions. Uh, We're talking about this, um, um, and it's been talked about since 2011, when analysts pointed out that the major financial institutions that claimed eliminating cash could maximize the uh, economic potential uh, saw this as a benefit as well. For the elitist class, hard to find money is a bug in the system because it gives people a measure of autonomy and privacy. Sentient human beings understand that cash might be the last bastion of resistance to the elimination of that privacy, along with the liberty such privacy ultimately affords. End quote. Well, in, uh, in our particular case, we don't uh, like having a mere dollar left on the gift card because It's not enough to purchase anything, and that doesn't exactly maximize our economic potential. But since all this wisdom came out, though, our culture has has not only gone even further toward being cash-free, but has heavily invested in cryptocurrency, a form of exchange that uh, Mark Alexander dubbed nothing but air, though he adds, if spectaculars want to formulate a value for a, a a cubic foot of air and trade it back and forth, That's fine. Kind of reminds me of the so-called carbon credit scams that offset climate change. Well, Alexander also dismisses crypto as the intersectional currency of Scientology and astrology. And uh, recent news uh, reports, particularly on the rise and fall of the crypto zero Sam Bankman-Fried, point out the volatility and risk inherent in that vast world 
in the proverbial uh, blank, blink of an eye, SBF went from net worth of $32 billion to zero. Another riches to rag story, um, the group chief technology officer of Finable, with ends uh, in an R, a payment processing firm, uh, wrote for the uh, WEF in January of 2020, this is my vision of a true cashless society. There is an exchange of value in its entirety, just like cash, and it requires a national government, rather than banks or the like, to act as the payment provider, effectively becoming a state-backed utility. The savings from avoiding the processing costs could then be used to benefit those in need, such as by being transferred to a fund to rejuvenate economically depressed areas, as one example, end quote. By the end of 2020, Finbar, whose last name ends in an R, was sold to an investment group for the, uh, the princely sum of $1. But the idea of a national government acting as the payment provider also brings up the specter of a Chinese-style social credit score, among other um, freedom tr- uh, tramplers. Yet young adults who've become accustomed to having wallets chucked full of cards, payment cards, are now the uh, parents of kids who earn virtual cash to purchase virtual items. Quite often, that virtual cash requires real cash handed to them by the parents, of course, to purchase. Well, a recent Wall Street Journal article detailed the families who have allowed their kids to spend virtual money at the um, Rob, I think it's Roblox website. Um, uh, It's a popular site for teens or tweens for the equivalent of $5 in Rob Bucks, one family's 12-year-old daughter bought a virtual um, Louis Vuitton handbag while her 10-year-old sister <coughs> got a, a virtual Gucci jacket. In other words, virtual money on the parent's bank or credit card bought each of these girls a pixelated online accessory item for their online characters. Is this a great country or what? So they spent their money on items that have no real existence in the real world, but they got, you know, Gucci stuff. What 12-year-old needs a Gucci anything, even an image on a pixelated character? Well, the journal article also noted that some children's advocacy groups, politicians and online commerce researchers have raised concerns about games that sell virtual goods to adolescents, particularly when the goods are sold in blind packets like baseball cards. What's a great uh, analog? As a 12-year-old kid who bought dozens of packs of baseball cards in hopes of finding that rare Mark the Bird um, uh, card, but instead got a stack of cardboard-like bubble gum and a bunch of uh, major league uh, has-beens and never-wers, it was a bit of a surprise. Well, this isn't to say that the modern-day convenience of direct deposit, online banking, and ordering food from one's uh, phone are bad things, like any other tool. They have their usefulness. But they also assume that people have um, online access to their funds, and they introduce us to the risk of hackers stealing our hard-earned dollars. Well, there is that. Well, those of us raised with parents or grandparents who lived through the Great Depression uh, learned the value of paper money, lived within limited means, Hawkins' dystopian vision of a world where everything is free and nothing is owned may be closer than we think. It's been said that uh, many times before, with online marketing, you are, at the, uh, you are the product of big tech and multinational financial corporations are taking your privacy and trading to, uh, to you the meager wages of convenience, all as part of the effort 
to wean you off cash and the sense of ownership it represents, the sense of privacy and individualism. At least to us, old-fashioned greenbacks are now more appealing than ever. It is interesting to consider the implications of the convenience that we have so readily embraced and what that might mean in the future and what those who uh, are in positions of authority and influence are imagining they might uh, do with the, uh, the loss of uh, independence that we are so willing to give up, the loss of privacy and access uh, to what we earn. It's a sort of an interesting thing to, to consider and the fact that it's moving more quickly and in a direction that most of us have never really thought much about. Well, does an American citizen enjoy the First Amendment's guarantees of religious liberty and free speech or not? Well, it's not overstating it to say that's what the U.S. Supreme Court will decide in 303 Creative uh, LLC versus Elenis. Well, before oral arguments were held on Monday, um, the case uh, was previewed last week. It's a proverbial no-brainer. The tone of the questions from the uh, majority of justices indicate that they may agree. Well, the basics are all too familiar, and we've heard this time and again. Colorado graphic designer Lori Smith, owner of 303 Creative, wants to expand her business to build websites for weddings. Rainbow Mafia thugs and their allies in the Colorado state government want to force her to make them for same-sex weddings, weddings, which she as a Christian believes violate the biblical model of marriage. Colorado is trying to force me to create a custom, unique artwork to promote ideas inconsistent with my faith and the core of who I am and what I believe, she expressed. I love people and create for everyone, including those who identify as LGBT, she said on Monday outside the Supreme Court. Like other artists, my decision on what I create is custom and always based on the message, never about the person requesting the message. There are some messages I can't create no matter who requests them, and that has landed her in the U.S. Supreme Court. Naturally, Colorado Attorney General Philip Wisner um, went to great lengths to twist what's at stake, uh, suggesting that democracy itself is hanging in the balance. Uh, the, case, uh, the arguments were heard in the case before the Supreme Court, and it will likely not be, be before summer that we actually hear um, the outcome. We'll follow the story. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. When we return, James Blend will join me, I think, and we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. As I've mentioned several times throughout the program today, I'm broadcasting live from Klamath Falls. I'm here uh, helping Katie Harmon with the singing Christmas tree here in Klamath Falls. They're in their third year. I'm here with uh, several other Portlanders, the Greenwich family, minus a few. And um, so she has graciously consented to give me access to her vocal studio where I'd have a strong enough Wi-Fi signal to uh, broadcast back into Portland. Uh, James and I have been doing much of our communication by phone rather than um, certainly face-to-face. And I don't have a, a computer that allows us to communicate in that way. Uh, so it's been a bit of a challenge. I hauled a printer down here so that I could print stuff. I brought a bunch of equipment. I flew um, to Klamath Falls, but some of our party uh, drove, and so I was able to pack up some of this stuff, and uh, they drove it here, and they'll drive it back. But I wasn't able to bring everything that I typically need, and so we weren't able to work it out that James can be heard in my headset so he and I could have a conversation without either one of us hearing the other. So we made the decision, I'll just uh, take care of some of this lighter side of the news stuff today, and we got some that I think you'll enjoy. Uh, Here's one. Um, A New York sergeant was hailed for aiding a 2017 birth 
and then helped at another. A group of police officers who helped deliver a baby at a Long Island home over the weekend, including a sergeant who helped another newborn take his first steps five years ago, is gaining something of a reputation. This is in Shirley, New York, and the sergeant's being hailed for, well, being there when it's important. Well, monkeys in central Thailand city are marking their day with a feast. Now, I think I mentioned this uh, earlier that monkeys can be very aggressive in uh, areas where they live in uh, in or near populated areas. They will steal your stuff. They will hurt you, (laughs) and they will, um, well, they'll intimidate. We'll put it that way. Well, a meal fit for monkeys was served on uh, Sunday at last at the annual Monkey Feast Festival in central Thailand. I'm in the uh, morning traffic. Rows of uh, monkey statues holding trays were lined up outside the uh, compound of the ancient Three Pagodas while volunteers prepared food across the uh, the road for real monkeys, and they um, tucked into it uh, for most of the day. It's a rather interesting uh, thought, especially given how aggressive some of these monkeys can be. Well, not just uh, fast food, uh, baby. Uh, baby comes quickly at Atlanta in a McDonald's. Yes, they're uh, nicknaming the baby Nugget after a woman delivered a girl at an Atlanta McDonald's. Uh, Alandria Worthy tells uh, WXIA-TV that her labor was intensified and her fiancé was driving her to the hospital Wednesday morning when they stopped so that she could use the restroom at the fast food restaurant. Well, it turned out that using the restroom was just part of the story. She was uh, certainly in labor and had the baby right there. The baby now is nicknamed Nugget, um, and she will see McDonald's in a whole new light. She was transported to the hospital after the child was born. Mom and baby are doing just fine. Little Nugget. Well, in a security review after protesters uh, disrupted Berlin air traffic, there's some concern. Authorities in Germany on Friday were reviewing security measures at Berlin's airport a day after six climate activists invaded the grounds and briefly disrupted flights. Now, this could be very dangerous. German news agency DPA quoted a spokesman from Berlin at the airport saying that the incident was being investigated. Um, It's one thing to make a Statement, it's another to endanger the lives of others who might be making their way um, on an airplane in an airport. Well, the cat's out of the bag when a TSA found a stowaway feline at JFK. Don't accuse the TSA of uh, catnapping on the job. When an, an alert agent in New York's John F. Kennedy Airport noticed tufts of orange fur poking out of a slightly unzipped suitcase, it gave him pause. And yes, it turned out that there was a cat. Now, last week we talked about a cat who was uh, recognized through the, um, the scanner where they're looking to see what's in a suitcase. This one had some fur poking out of the slightly unzipped suitcase that gave the TSA pause. Well, the cat was discovered. Whether or not the cat was reunited with its owner who was traveling is another matter because if the TSA is checking out your luggage, unless you're on an international flight, you are leaving the airport rather than arriving. So the kitty may or may not have made his way back home. I'm not sure you can hear the background noise here. My office that I'm working out of is next door to a Thai restaurant, and we were told uh, yesterday that if they are um, handling someone's uh, pay for their, their meal, it might mean that you're disconnected from Wi-Fi. That happened once yesterday, but if you can hear any background noise, that's why we're right next door to a Thai restaurant. Anyway, I digress. 
Alaska firefighters helped rescue a moose that was trapped in a home. How the moose got into the home is a whole other story, but firefighters in Alaska got an unusual request for assistance last weekend from the Alaska Wildlife Troopers. But it wasn't uh, your mundane cat stuck in a tree situation. They were looking for some help getting a moose out of a basement. Now, not the main floor, the basement. So apparently the moose was making his way around the, the home, and it ended up in the basement. Getting that moose out was no small feat, as you might imagine. Basements usually require stairs. Getting his moose down the stairs, eh, on his own steam, not such a big deal. Back up again? Well, it took them quite a while. But that's what firefighters do. They take unusual calls about unusual things, and they fix it. Well, Louisiana artist Mandy Posh, she needed something to wear to her exhibit opening the next day. Instead of making a last-minute dash to the store, she turned to her creative skills and painted a um, white off-the-shoulder cocktail dress to match one of her artworks on a bit of canvas and wore it to the event. Well, and seeing the dress, it went viral. And these days, I guess that's a big deal. To go viral means they like me. They really, really like me. Well, a Polish leader is briefing a Russian pranksters posing as Macron and actually pulled it off. The Russian comedian pretending to be the French president tricked the Polish president. I'm not sure how the individual gained access to the president, but Duda uh, was um, uh, tricked into giving them sensitive information after a missile exploded in eastern Poland last week. So verifying who you're actually talking to as a world leader might be something the Polish president wants to look into. Again, you've got Russian comedians, just like, you know, radio hosts who do uh, comic radio calling up the governor and saying, hey, and you engage in a conversation. Well, this is the Polish head of state who is tricked into believing that he was engaged in a conversation with the French president by Russian comedians. It's a small world after all. Well, Bob Dylan's publisher is sorry for a $600 book replica with autographs. Bob Dylan's publisher is offering refunds for a $600 special edition of the new book, The Philosophy of Modern Song, uh, that ends up was just a modern version of what was supposed to be an actual relic signed by Dylan himself, and the refund was forthcoming. Well, a council race in Michigan was settled by two pieces of paper. Not fisticuffs, just an agreement that whatever the paper says, like casting lots, that's what we'll settle for. In Rogers City, Michigan, the election uh, to fill a city council seat in a Michigan town was settled by drawing two pieces of paper from a bowl days after the 616 tie was broken. Well, the new council member of Rogers City, uh, whose paper said elected, was greeted by the uh, opponent, whose paper did not say elected, and the two vowed to remain friends. Well, some 10,000 minks are loose. That's M-I-N-K, not M-I-N-X. Anyway, missing after vandalism at an Ohio farm. I remember when I was growing up, my father decided at one point we were going to raise chinchilla, and that would be sort of a side gig, raising chinchilla. We went out to a chinchilla farm and saw the little creatures and talked to somebody about how to develop that. I don't know anybody who had a chinchilla coat, but apparently they were very popular and might have been sold as something else. But anyway, I was so relieved when it was decided we weren't going to have a chinchilla farm in our 
our garage. But 10,000 mink on the loose. Vandalism freed thousands of mink at a rural northwest Ohio farm, leaving an estimated 10,000 of the little creatures free. These are, are carnivorous mammals. They're uncounted before. And, of course, anyone who has a, um, a pet is a little bit um, concerned about what the future might hold for their little, uh, little animals. But uh, they're roaming the countryside. And if you can gather up just enough of them, you might find that you could make yourself a stole. Well, an Iranian who inspired the terminal has died in Paris in an airport. You recall the um, Tom Hanks movie, an Iranian man who lived for 18 years in Paris's Charles de Gaulle Airport and whose saga loosely inspired the Steven Spielberg film, The Terminal, died on Saturday last in the airport that he long called home. Can you imagine? He lived in the airport. I mean, there's a lot going on in the airport. 18 years in the airport. Coming and going, presumably. Well, the fourth grader used the Heimlich maneuver to save a fellow student from choking. A nine-year-old elementary school student in Wisconsin may have saved the life of a classmate by performing the Heimlich maneuver on her uh, as she choked on food, according to authorities. Essie Collier, a fourth grader at Racine's Frat Elementary School, noticed one of her classmates was in distress during lunch on Tuesday. She took it seriously and remembered what she had seen others do. And she performed the Heimlich maneuver that may have saved that little girl's life. Kids can learn a few things that are constructive in popular media. Well, the National Toy Hall of Fame's new honorees include an object dating to ancient times, a line of muscle-bound action figures, and an iconic art set whose medium is colorful pegs. Yes, the National Toy Hall of Fame last week inducted their new list of famous toys. A 23-year-old has defeated a two-term mayor in a small Louisiana town. The 23-year-old was, has defeated a two-term incumbent to become the small Louisiana town's next mayor in Baton Rouge. Tryon Triong, a Democrat, bested independent mayor Wendy O'Quinn Perrette, 47, uh, a city um, about 11,000 in southwestern Louisiana. The new generation coming up and the old being replaced. Well, a handgun was found inside a raw chicken in luggage at the airport. It's like a turduncan. You've got a gun inside a chicken, inside the luggage, inside the airport. Well, security officers at South Florida Airport have reported finding a handgun hidden inside the raw chicken packed in a traveler's luggage. Now, I'm not sure why the traveler thought the handgun, the outline of it, wouldn't be clearly seen just because it was inside a raw chicken. I mean, raw chickens aren't made out of metal, and the detector was able to see the, uh, the handgun inside the chicken, inside the luggage, quite clearly, inside the airport. Well, dogs have been gifted by uh, Kim Jong-un at the center of uh, South Korea now. Uh, a pair of dogs gifted by North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in 2018 are now mired in a South Korean political row which the country's former president's blaming his uh, conservative successor for a lack of financial support as he gave the animals up. So there's a big tug of war going on over the North Korean dogs given to the South Korean president and left to the new conservative successor. Would that uh, politicians had such minor things to argue about these days in politics. Canines, anyone? Westminster Dog Show is heading to the Tennis Center 
The uh, Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show is moving next year to a new venue, the home of the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. The Kennel Club announced Thursday that canine champs would take over the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center on May the 6th, 8th, and 9th next year. And what better pairing? A lot of grass and a lot of dogs. So the canines will be featured at Westminster. Well, roaches spoiled Halloween on one suburban street. Trick-or-treating is off-limits in a suburban Detroit neighborhood. There's nothing sweet about bringing home a cockroach. And apparently, some kids were finding that that's precisely what happened as they were trick-or-treating in their neighborhoods. Well, I was hoping to uh, share this with James Blend directly, but since he cannot join me on the program, I wanted to let him know that I received yet another notice from the Publishers Clearinghouse. Now, I thought this whole thing was over that it was done with. They've named a, uh, an, a winner, and uh, we wouldn't have to be bothered with this again until, well, who knows when. But I received a notice saying, once again, a decision is required, and personal prize number was given, and a request. With a personal prize number added to the winner selection listed for you, we hope to have your full and undivided attention. Well, I was hoping, James, to be able to destroy this in your company, but I'm going to save this for our next Friday program when you are in studio across the glass and you will see that I have broken my addiction from the Publishers Clearinghouse giveaway. I must have received dozens of said notices over the course of many years, this being the latest, in which they are suggesting that the winner will receive $5,000 a week for life. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. Is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Just a heads up, coming up in our second hour, a conversation I had with Robert Sirico, The Economics of the Parables, and a conversation I had with John Hopper, Questioning God, Answering Questions Worth Asking. That's all coming up uh, in the second hour of today's program after news and traffic. Well, state governments might step in and prohibit certain baby names and spellings from appearing on official birth certificates. And I'm not sure that that means you can't name your child that particular thing, but appearing on a birth certificate, that's the official. Well, millions of babies are born and named in the U.S. every year, but certain names or naming conventions are reportedly banned by state governments. Tesla CEO Elon Musk and singer Grimes reportedly learned this fact in 2020 when they tried to name their firstborn XAEA-12 in the state of California. The pair modified the name's uh, numeric 12 with the Roman Roman numeral um, 12, uh, which is acceptable and is in accordance with California state law. So you can't use the number 12 as we know it, but you can use the Roman numeral 12 to name a child. Well, other name guidelines the uh, Golden State enforces include restricting names to 26 characters in the English alphabet and a ban on pictographs, emojis, and obscene or derogatory names, according to The Bump, a parenting news site. Now, who in their right mind, and that perhaps answers the question, would offer a pictograph as the name of a newborn baby, an emoji, or an obscene or, or derogatory name? So why do states get to say in uh, a say rather in baby names? Well, the answer may be because there are some people who would name their newborn children with pictographs, emojis, and obscene or derogatory names. But the reason is that birth certificate issuance falls under the state jurisdiction, a detail that noted on the USA.gov website, the official online 
Official Guide to Government Information and Services. Well, here are five states in America that are said to have name restrictions, according to a report from the usbirthcertificate.com. Georgia. Well, the state of Georgia only prohibits symbols, including accents in babies' uh, names, according to the um, resource. And in New York, um, New Yorkers who welcome babies are given a 30-character limit for first and middle names and a 40-character limit for last names, according to the uh, Empire State. They reportedly have a ban on uh, numbers and symbols in names altogether. Ohioans are prohibited from using numbers in names, but they're allowed to have uh, hyphens, apostrophes, and spaces in names, according to the birth certificate site. Texans have a 100-character limit on the first, middle, and last names combined, and each name can only be written in the English alphabet. The Lone Star State reportedly prohibits numbers and uh, diacritical marks in names. Then there's Virginia. Virginians, uh, they can't use numbers, symbols, or other special characters, including umlauts or tildes in names. Uh, A few uncommon names have been uh, attempted in various parts of the U.S. and subsequently deemed illegal by state courts, according to a report. Ten uh, examples of prohibited baby names reportedly include King, Queen, Jesus Christ, the third, just three Roman numerals, I-I-I, Majesty, Adolf Hitler, Messiah, the symbol and, and 1069. Other names that can be rejected from birth certificates are names that reference trademarked brands. In other words, you can't um, call your child Robitussin. According to the uh, website, disparaging terms can also be rejected according to the state site. So you do have some freedom as parents, but not absolute freedom in naming your offspring. Well, we're just about out of time. We do have news and traffic coming at the top of the hour. Also, in the second hour of um, today's program, a class. Also, in the second hour of today's program, we have the Christian Outlook. So, I hope you'll uh, stick around for that. This week's uh, promises to be relevant and timely. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.